this morning. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 4. <clears throat> and we're going to begin reading verse number 24. Deuteronomy, chapter 4, and verse number 24. I do feel like I have something from the Lord to share with you today that will be a benefit to you and will be a help to you. And you're the ones that were lucky enough to be here to receive it. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning in verse number 24, it says, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land. In other words, a lot of life is going by here. A lot of living is going by. And shall corrupt yourselves and make a graven image or the likeness of anything. And shall do in the sight of the Lord thy shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations." And ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. Verse 29 says, But... Now... Most times when you see that word in Scripture, it acts like a revolving door. If what happened before is bad, then what happens after is good. If what happens before is good, then what comes after is bad. Now, in this case, everything that happened before was bad. We've fallen away from the Lord. We've made our own gods. We're, we're not serving Him like we once did. Verse 29 says, But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find Him. If thou seek Him with, everybody say, all, with all thy heart and with all thy soul. When thou art in tribulation." And all these things are come upon thee. Sometimes God sends stuff your way to get your attention. Living for God is not a bed of roses. It's not easy street. It's not nothing ever happens to me. But sometimes God has to send stuff your way to wake you up to the condition that you're really in. When you're in tribulation... When all these things are come upon thee in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto His voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God, He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which He sware unto them. I want to talk to you for a little while <clears throat> this morning on this subject. Watch your next step. Watch your next step. You can be seated this morning. There is a familiar old Sunday school song that contains some wisdom 
and direction that can be applied to a person's life no matter what the age of that person is. It is pure wisdom distilled down into the words that even a child can understand and hopefully an adult has applied to their lives. It is the song that says, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, little hands, what you do. And be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above, He is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, where you go. In the message today, I want to draw from the wisdom of that last statement. Be careful, little feet. Where you go. While hiking one day in Yosemite National Forest in the month of May, and the year was 1990, I was on my way up to the top of Half Dome, they call it, one of the iconic views that you see when Yosemite National Forest is displayed. I was on my way up to the top of Half Dome when at the base of the final summit, I stopped for a little while to grab some lunch and I took out of my pack the lunch that I brought with me that was the leftovers from the night before where I was camping and I was sitting there on a large rock just kind of minding my own business and eating a little bit when out from the other side of the meadow where I was, there was a large black bear that walked out and stood up on its hind legs and looked at me for a while. And and I thought to myself, I better just throw my lunch and get out of here. But I was hungry, and so I said, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to eat this lunch. I don't want to share it with the bear. And he looked at me for a while went back down in all fours and turned around and retreated back into the woods. But shortly after that, as I got my things together and got ready to get back on the trail to make it up to the summit, the last little bit, the last little stretch of Half Dome, I saw that three men were coming down the trail from the direction that I was going to be headed in. And I noticed immediately that they were in rough shape. One man had bloody bandages and gauze wrapped around his head. Another man had his arm in a sling and it was apparent that it was broken and he was in much pain. And the third man had blood and open wounds on the side of his face and his arm. And it was obvious that all three were walking quite gingerly while nursing various aches and pains. I approached them to see if there was anything I could do to help. And I inquired, you know, what happened? What What's going on here? Because, you know, that's the direction that I'm headed in. If there's something up there that's going to do me harm, I want to know about it. And so they informed me that the guide wires that assist in the climb had not been set up yet for the season, and so they had tethered themselves off to one another, and that's how they were climbing. And they'd been climbing along, and the guy in front took a misstep, and he fell. His foot landed on a loose ledge that gave way, and his fall caused a chain reaction that took out his two friends with him and caused some serious harm. And then, before they moved off in the other direction, and me toward the top of Half Dome, one of them told me, be careful and watch where you're going. He said, watch your next step. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I will grant you, 
that there is a point in life that you could get to where the next step you take is absolutely crucial. Life can press in on you. Life can shove you around. Life can pressure you to go here or go there or go this way or go that way. Life can force you to that place where the next step you take is critical. Things can happen in your existence that can push on you until you feel that there is a choice that you must make in order to proceed. Life can put the squeeze on you until there is a step you must take, and that step is a crucial one. Life can box you in until the most important step that you will ever take is the next step. My daughter Kara and I were out hiking one day and we were getting ready to summit a pretty significant mountain. We had the option of taking the easy way, which would add about a mile onto our journey, or taking the harder, more difficult way. Of course, we chose the harder way. The higher up we got, the narrower the trail became until there was barely room for our feet on the ledge. We tied ourselves off to one another, and then we hooked ourselves into the rock anchors that had been left there by previous climbers, and we proceeded to go on one step at a time. I want you to know in that situation, we paid careful attention to every place that our foot would come down, and we were careful to pay attention that there was a place for the next step to come down. We paid attention so uh, carefully until our feet were safely across the ledge. Life can be like that sometimes. It's like you or I have been traveling on a pathway up into the mountains and the path has become narrow. The farther we travel, the narrower the path becomes. The farther we travel, the higher we go. The higher we go, the more dangerous the trail. The more dangerous the trail, the more on guard and aware we should become of every step we take. Folks, we are getting ready to wrap things up here. It's not too long before the coming of the Lord will happen. Not too many things need to take place and we will be hearing that trumpet sound and we will rise to meet the Lord in the air. I can't stress to you how important it is for you to pay attention in this day and age when the enemy of your soul wants to take you out and destroy you and do you in. I can't stress how important it is is that you pay attention to every place you put your foot down on this journey called life. We've been traveling this path for some time now. And it could be all of a sudden that we realize, hey, this path is only a few inches wide. This path is only just a little bit wide and the edges are starting to crumble. The word of the Lord for you today is watch your next step. The enemy of your soul will start you off on a path in life away from God. He'll tell you how easy this path is to travel on. He'll tell you how wide the path is and how much liberty you have on this path. You can do anything you want to on this path. It'll be good to get away from that other path that you were on. But when you come to the end of the trail, you'll find out that He was lying to you. You'll see that you should have been watching where you were walking. You'll be bound up in sin and the pleasures of this world. Your focus will change from the things of God to my own enjoyment. 
your commitment will change from what he wants to what I want. You'll be hooked on drugs. You'll be addicted to the bottle. You'll be bound up in immorality. You'll be bearing the heavy load of the cares of life all alone. And then you will realize it wasn't worth going my own way. That step that I took that I thought wasn't all that important really was a critical step. There are times where God Himself will give you the opportunity to go back on the commitments that you have made. He will give you the opportunity to take another road that looks better. This road seems like it will be easier to travel on. It is a road of your own choosing that God opened up for you to test you at the level of your commitment. But you will see that you should have been watching your next step all along. Not every road is a road meant to be traveled. Not every road will take you closer to God. Not every road will keep you in the positive flow of His will. Not every road is part of the plan of God for your life. The edge of the path drops off into a huge canyon on the one side and the other edge hugs to the mountainside. We come to a point where one step in the wrong direction will lead to destruction. One step in the right direction will lead to safety. It is an important step to take. It is the most critical step that you must take. It is a stride that will bring one result or the other. Watch your next step. That's where some of us perhaps are in our walk with God today. That's where some of us are perhaps in our life. We've traveled to a place where the next step is an important one. We've journeyed to a point where there's a choice to make concerning our walk with God. We are at a position in our life where we must make a decision. As a church, we have got to decide whether we want to be a church that follows where the popular church culture is leading us today, or do we want to continue to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we want to let down and give in and not be so rigid and following the Word of God so closely and and looking exactly what it says? Or do we want to let down a little bit so we can attract a bigger crowd? Or, Or do we want to hold on to God's unchanging hand? Is the Word of God really forever settled? Is it really a forever settled word or is it open to modern day interpretation? Will we be a Bible believing, truth declaring, soul saving station or will we just be another social club? I'm telling you today, you need to watch your next step. On an individual level, you could be at the place of decision. You may be at a critical place in your life. This could be the most important and critical step you ever take. It could be today that you are at a point in your life where you are looking for something more than what you have already in your life. Can I suggest that you give the Lord Jesus a try? He will never let you down. He will never fail you. He will be with you every step of the way. Can I suggest to you that it is no accident that God has allowed you to be here today in this service. He is reaching for your heart today. He's calling you out by name and telling you, beware of your next step. Your next step is a critical step to take. Our text from Deuteronomy chapter 4, 
is a prophecy that Moses is speaking to God's people. He tells them that by chance, if you ever come to a place in your existence that you no longer serve God the way that you do now, if you ever find that you have been corrupted by the things of this world, if you see that you have taken a wrong turn somewhere along the line, if you discover that you are not in obedience to the Word of God, if you find that you've made a wrong decision in your life, if you find out that you've taken a wrong turn somewhere, you've taken a wrong pathway somewhere, if you are doing evil in the sight of Almighty God, Moses says, if this is the case, then there are some things that are going to happen to you as a people. God will scatter you. God will not prolong your days. God will cause heaven and earth to bear witness against you. You will serve gods of wood and stone. You will serve gods that cannot see and cannot hear. You will begin to serve gods of your own imagination. You will serve gods that tell you it's okay to continue in the lifestyle that you're in and you will justify yourself. You'll be in a big mess. Because when you really need God and you call upon that God that you've made, that God that you've imagined in your mind, He can't see you. He can't hear you. He won't be there to answer. So things are going to be happening to you that you can't hardly understand. Why is everything coming against me in my life right now? Moses says that when you get to the place where you are being influenced by other gods, you had better beware because that is idolatry. Idolatry is always a corruption of the heart. Idolatry always begins in the heart. It's an issue of the heart. Now, before you point your finger at Israel and say, how could they do such a thing? Delivered from Egypt, ten plagues poured upon the Egyptians, not one affect the Israelites. He delivers them. I told you on, on Thursday night, delivers them and they came out with a high hand. He causes the waters of the Red Sea to part. They walk across on dry ground. He feeds them manna every single day. They're in the wilderness. But before you point your finger at them, you'd better take a look at your own life and consider just how good God has been to you. You better take a look at your own life and look back over the course of your life and observe the hand of God at work bringing you to where you are today. None of us here today would serve a God made out of stone. We wouldn't serve a God made out of wood. We would not be so foolish as to fall for that today. But let me tell you that idolatry is anything that we allow to come in front of our relationship with God. Idolatry is anything that we are doing that is contrary to His Word. When He opens up your understanding to His Word, you are responsible to live that Word. You could be serving a God of your own making, and idolatry is always a matter of the heart. 
Nobody can put a gun to your head and make you believe things you don't want to believe. Nobody can force you to believe something you don't want to believe. Nobody can make you backslide away from God. But if you do backslide, it's because you backslide in your heart first and you allow things to creep into your heart. Verse 29 of our text begins with four words that I want to draw your attention to. These are four powerful words in reference to this passage of Scripture. They are, but if from thence. But if from thence. But If from that place of idolatry, but if from that place where you lost your step, but if from that place where you took a wrong turn, but if from that place where you left the will and the plan of God, if God is merciful to cause you to see your mistake and realize your condition. If God is merciful to help you to see your wrong decision. In other words, when you get to a position where you recognize that you took a wrong turn and you recognize there's idolatry in my heart. I'm not following after God like I once did. If when you get to that place, He causes you to recognize that there is something you can do about it. Watch your next Step. When you get to that place where you realize I took a wrong turn, watch your next step. Because your next step will be the most important one you take. The enemy has invaded our ranks. But if from thence... There's been influence from other gods, but if from thence. We've corrupted ourselves with the things of this world, but if from thence. We've done evil in the sight of the Lord. We've provoked the Lord to anger. God has tested us at the level of our commitment, but if from thence. I thought I was serving God, but all the while I was really just doing what I wanted to do and showing up and putting on a good show and then leaving and doing my own thing. But if from thence, I'm not as committed as I once was, but if from thence, Moses said that it is possible through the corruption of your own heart, that you could get to this place. But when you recognize it, and when God in His mercy and in His grace brings it to your attention, you better watch your next step. It is possible today in this service that you could recognize your dilemma. You can recognize the situation that you're in. I'm lost. I don't know Him like I once did. I need to repent. I've strayed away from God. I've allowed some things to get into my spirit. I've done some things that are wrong and now I can't break the hold of sin on my life. I've lost my relationship with God. 
I've taken a wrong turn somewhere. I've allowed a wrong attitude to take up residence in my thinking. I've gotten sideways with my pastor. He gave me some good counsel. He gave me some good advice. But I did the exact opposite. I went in the other direction. And things are not like they should be with my pastor. I've got to understand. I've got to get back to the place where I understand that this man is watching for my soul. He's looking out for my best interest. If from that point, You are able to see where you have drifted and recognize your condition. Watch your next step. If by some beautiful, merciful act of God, you become aware of your condition. If you receive a wake-up call. If you recognize your dilemma. If you acknowledge the predicament that you are in. Watch! Your next step. Perhaps some people here today are close to the edge. Perhaps some are close to losing your own soul. One step in the wrong direction would mean destruction. One step in the right direction means safety. Before you do anything... I want to remind you that your next step is the critical one. Somebody here today needs to stay, needs to say, I'm not going to take that step toward destruction. I'm not going to continue on the path that I was on. Somebody needs to call out on the name of the Lord today. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 tells us, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. In other words, you don't know it all. You don't know what's best even for you. But God knows. God knows the way that you should take. Humble themselves and pray. Get your standing with God right again. And seek my face. And turn from your wicked ways. Then... Can I just tell you, if you haven't got the then yet, you haven't done the if part of that yet. If you haven't received, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Then you haven't humbled yourself and put your face to the ground and said, Oh God, I need you one more time. I know you may be hurting right now. I know you may be in trouble right now. I know it may be difficult right now. But watch your next step. If you'll just take a step toward deliverance today. If you'll just take a step toward victory today. If you'll just take a step toward safety today. If you'll just take a step on the right road. I know you're trying to figure it all out. I told you Thursday night, don't worry about the details. But just let God work it out. If you'll just take a step in the right direction today, God will meet you there and He will begin to guide your life once again. Just say, Jesus, I'm calling out on You one more time. I've done it in the past. I've done it yesterday perhaps. But today is a new day. And I'm calling out upon You today. The next step is crucial. The enemy will lie to you. He's perhaps even speaking to you right now, telling you you can't do it. You can't live in total victory. You can't 
have victory over the enemy. You can't walk the right pathway consistently. You know you're an up and down Christian. You know one day you're up and the next day you're down. I'm telling you today the enemy is a liar. If you will just take one step in the right direction today and put your life in his hands, the enemy is a liar. He's a defeated foe. And he will tell you anything to get you to give up your relationship with God. But if you just take one step in His direction, if you just look in His direction today, the Lord Jesus can help you in your time of need. The next step is crucial. However, we will not take the step that we don't want to take. In fact, throughout Scripture, God concedes this point. He never forces Himself upon anyone. He never makes anyone live for Him. He calls us. He prompts us. He pulls for us. He reaches for us. But He never forces us. He never makes us do anything that we don't want to do. In fact, who comes to church? Those that want to come to church. Who stays home from church? Those that don't want to come to church. Who comes to prayer? Those that want to come to prayer. Who stays home? Those that don't want to come. Who receives the Holy Ghost? Those that want to receive the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. You can receive it today. Who doesn't receive the Holy Ghost? Those that don't want to receive it. Who serves God? Who prays? Who reads the Bible? Who lives for God? Those that want to live for God. Who doesn't live for God? Those that don't want to live for God. The critical issue or dilemma is not, is that not one person will take that crucial step toward deliverance if it's not in your heart to do it. If you still know in your heart, I'm just putting on a show here. I'm just making everybody think I'm okay. I know what I'm going to do when I go home. Then God can't help you. The Bible speaks in the book of 1 Peter of the hidden man of the heart. You will not take that first step until you deal with the heart first. What most people do when the preaching hits too close to home is they shove the heart issue aside and they refuse to consider the heart. I've seen it happen over and over in Pentecostal churches. Conviction rests on the hearts of men and women under the preaching of the man of God. And they feel conviction. They feel the touch of God. And I've seen people walk down to the altar. And I don't think they intentionally do it. But in their mind, they're saying, if I can just get a release here, if I can just come down to the altar and maybe cry some tears and let the emotion escape, if I can just get a release from this heavy conviction that's on me, and we buy into that, we let people come down to the altar when God's trying to do a work in their heart, and He doesn't want to release them from that conviction. God's trying to do something to cause them to take the next step that they need to take, and we come down to the altar, and we cry it out a little bit and have a good cry, and we leave and get up from here and go home unchanged and we keep living the same way we were living what would happen if instead you lived underneath that conviction for a little while and you lived underneath the hand of God for a while and you let him do a work inside of your heart and so oftentimes we hear the convicting word of God And we let off a little steam, as it were. We let off a little emotion. We cry a couple of tears and we say, Okay, I've did my thing today. I'm good until next week. 
But all the while, the Holy Ghost is reaching down inside of your heart and He's trying to transform you and He's trying to remake you into what you need to be. He's trying to give you what you need to take that next step. The Bible lets us know that it's the Holy Ghost that causes the secrets of the heart to be revealed. That's why people resist the Holy Ghost. Because they'll have to change. That's why people resist the presence of God. You can fool man sometimes into thinking that everything's alright, but you cannot fool God. Man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. Psalm 44 and 21, Shall not God search this out? For He knoweth the secrets of the heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Psalm 139, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid Thine hand upon me. The heart is the seat of your feelings. And emotions. That's where your feelings come from. And that's where your emotions come from. The Bible says that the issues of life are in the heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 tells us, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Don't let anything get into your heart that's not right. Don't let corruption in. Don't let the world in. Don't let evil in. Don't let a bad attitude in. Don't let a wrong spirit in. Because when it gets in your heart, it's hard to deal with. And it's hard to get out of your heart. Don't get sideways with your pastor and his wife. They're looking for your souls. They're watching out for your very good. They want you to make it to heaven. He wants to stand before God one day and say, Hey, they did everything they could do. They made it here to heaven. He wants to give a good report. When stuff gets in your heart, it's hard to deal with. And it's your heart that determines the next step that you take today. Weighty matters come from the heart. And we sometimes resist because it's difficult at best to deal with the heart. We don't let very many people into the heart. But I just read you Scripture that tells you you don't even know your heart as well as God knows your heart. You think your motives are pure as the driven snow and God comes and He shines His spotlight on your heart and you say, oh, oh, where did that come from? Oh, I didn't know that was there. That That's in my heart? Only God can really know the heart. I'm telling you today, if it's in your heart to be delivered, God can do it. If it's in your heart to be saved, God can do it. If it's in your heart to be set free, God will do it. If it's in your heart to be forgiven, God will do it. The Holy Ghost will help you do that. The Bible tells us to delight yourself in the laws of the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. We like the desires of our heart part. We don't like the delight yourself in the laws of the Lord part. 
We like to focus on the other part. Oh yeah, come on God, give me the desires of my heart. Well, I'm waiting for you to delight yourself in my law. I'm waiting for you to get in this book every day and love this book and take it inside. When you do that, I'll give you the desires of your heart because your desires will be my desires. Isaiah tells us, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. That lets me know there's coming a day that you'll seek for Him and you won't be able to find Him. But today in this house, He's giving you an opportunity to pay attention to the next step that you're getting ready to take. And if you see you've gone sideways somewhere, you've got a responsibility. You've got an opportunity to take the right step. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will just barely pass you by. He's just got a little bit a pardon left and he'll just squeak you on by. No, the scripture said he will abundantly pardon. I wish you could see today. I wish you could understand with the mind of the Spirit and see with the eyes of God how much He desires and longs for you to be where you need to be. I wish you could see Him today standing here with arms outstretched, reaching for you. Oh, I just wish they would make one step in my direction because then I would be there to help them. You don't have to solve all the problems of your life today. But you've got to take a step in the right direction. You can't fix everything today even if you wanted to. But you've got to do something. Anyone that knows anything at all about spiritual life knows that you can just sort of drift along through life seemingly Getting away with things for a while. You're like some dummy in the bumper cars at the amusement park. You're just bumping into everything. Just going around bumping into everything. You think everything's alright. Just banging around through life until God gives you direction or brings the issues of the heart to bear. And we all must take some kind of a step. Watch your next step. I close with this today. Then I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk to the Lord for a while. It may not be swinging from the chandeliers. We don't even have chandeliers. Maybe we could swing from from the projector tomorrow. We'll try to do that. But today, God's doing a deep work. Today, God's reaching down into some hearts and He's giving you opportunity to make sure you're right with Him. He's giving you opportunity to make a course correction and take a step in the right direction. A nurse who worked in the pediatric ward at the hospital would always put her stethoscope in the child's ear first. And let them listen to their heart before she would begin her examination. Their eyes would invariably light up with awe. But she never got a response that was equal to four-year-old David's. She placed a stethoscope over his heart and allowed him to listen. What do you suppose that is? She asked drew his eyebrows together. He was concentrating. He was working on that problem. What is that? And in a puzzled gaze, he looked up at the nurse as if lost in the mystery of the strange beating sound deep within his chest. 
And then his face broke out in a wonderful grin. He said, it's Jesus knocking on my heart. Can I tell you that Jesus is knocking on the doors of people's hearts today. He's knocking on the collective heart of this church body today. He's knocking on the heart of someone who's perhaps made some bad choices along the way. He's knocking on the heart of a person who has never received the Holy Ghost. He's knocking on the heart of a person who's taken a wrong turn somewhere. He's knocking on the heart of the person who's strayed away from Him. And He's saying, would you please just come home today? Would you please just look in my direction? He's knocking on the heart of the devout Christian who just desires to get closer to Him today. He's knocking on your heart today. Watch your next step. I don't know what you want to do today, but I'm done. But I think it would be good if we would just turn. You don't have to come down here to the altar. But what would happen if we just turn this sanctuary into one great big altar? One great big altar call. And we would get down before God. And we would seek His face. And we would make sure, God, I want to make sure one more time that I'm right with You. I want to make sure nothing has slipped into my heart that doesn't belong there. I want to make sure that I'm still on the right road. That I haven't taken a wrong turn somewhere. So I invite you today to find a place of prayer before we leave. Find a place of prayer where you can talk to God and unburden your heart and unload your heart and just say, God, would you just examine my heart today? I want to make it. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to miss anything that you have for me, God. Would you examine my heart today? Would you help me to see with your eyes the condition of my heart don't let me fool my own self don't let me lie to my own self and think I'm alright when I've taken a wrong pathway let me make sure I'm right with my brothers and sisters I don't want to be sideways with any of my brothers or sisters in the church because I know and I understand that by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples in that ye have loved one for another. And if we can't love one another, how are we ever going to reach a lost world? So God, help me to be in right relationship with my brothers and sisters in the church so I can display to a lost world that I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Examine my heart today, O God. Search me, O God. Know my way. Try me, O God.